Oh my goodness, sorry. I only had a few hours of sleep yesterday. I was up all night working on a deadline, even though I actually had months to complete it, but somehow I left it until the last minute. Hi, my name is Izal. I'm a psychology master's student and also a chronic procrastinator. You know, when it comes to completing important tasks, I often feel that there is a gap between my intention to complete the task well and the action I take to actually get it done. I feel like I would do anything to avoid doing the task. My roommates have often joked when they see me cleaning the house by saying, which exam are you supposed to be studying for? Because I literally procrastinate by cleaning. When I eventually sit down to do the task or start studying, I'm distracted and yet also rushed and overwhelmed by how much work there is for me to do with so little time left. And then inevitably, my mom will call and ask how the work or the studying is going. And inevitably I will say, great mom, couldn't be better because I genuinely feel guilty about the reality of my situation and how little I've really done. Procrastination is an extreme sport, I tell you. So if you're like me and feel that the only nation you'll ever rule is procrastination, maybe I could offer a little bit of help. They say knowledge is power, so in today's episode we will be delving into the world of procrastination, what it is, why it happens and how you can overcome it. So let's start with what procrastination is. Procrastination is the act of avoiding doing something important through delay or postponement of the task by engaging in another, usually less important task. Well, what a definition, but come on, I'm sure you must know that feeling. You spent the whole weekend doing other things and now you only have a few hours left to do that assignment which you actually should have spent months doing. There are two minutes left to submit and to top it all off, your Wi-Fi and or printer is also giving you problems. It's a roller coaster of emotions and you hate yourself for leaving it so late. Yet somehow you submit on time and when you receive your assignment back, the marks are better than you expected because let's be honest, you didn't expect much for the amount of time you spend working on the actual assignment. So you pat yourself on the back and you tell yourself how good you work under pressure. And so the cycle continues with every assignment and every exam until one day, finally, you decide that you have had enough and you are finally, finally going to stop procrastinating. So you find and start watching a YouTube video titled How to Stop Procrastinating Today. <laughs> However, pretty soon you have fallen down the internet wormhole and are watching funny cat videos only to realize that hours have gone by and you have done no work and are none the wise on how to stop procrastinating either. Heck, you might even be listening to this podcast now because you're avoiding doing work which you will inevitably end up doing with way too little time left and hate yourself for starting so late. So can you relate to this? Because as university student, this is the story of our lives. Researchers have found that 70% of all university students identify themselves as procrastinators. The other 30% haven't gone around to participating in the research yet. <laughs> I'm kidding, that was a joke, but seriously, students are really more prone to struggle with chronic procrastination, particularly known as academic procrastination, mostly because we are constantly bombarded with challenging workloads and numerous deadlines, but possibly also because the prefrontal cortex of our brain, which controls planning and decision-making, is still developing during our student years. 
And although it might seem harmless to only give yourself a mini heart attack every few weeks you have to submit an important work task, chronic procrastination can actually have serious consequences. Constantly putting things off not only means you get less done, it's also really stressful and can lead to feelings of shame, guilt, anxiety, regret, and even just feeling inauthentic. So statistics have also shown that over the long term, chronic procrastinators tend to earn less money, they experience higher levels of anxiety, and they even run a greater risk of cardiovascular disease. So fun fact, the current pandemic we are facing has also led to new kinds of procrastination. Have you ever found yourself putting off important tasks more, maybe during lockdown? Maybe ignoring your big deadline in order to do something ridiculous like painting a wall or rearranging your whole bedroom. This is known as productive procrastination, when people avoid an important task by completing another less important task in order to feel productive during an extremely stressful pandemic. Or maybe you find yourself dead tired by the end of the day from color coding every book on your bookshelf instead of doing actual work with a 6am alarm waiting the next morning. Knowing you'll only have a few hours of sleep and will inevitably be tired in the morning, you still go on your phone and mindlessly scroll through social media instead of turning off the light and sleeping. Yup, there's a name for that as well. It's called revenge bedtime procrastination which refers to people literally taking revenge on the workday by staying up to feel as if they've had some time for themselves to, you know, just relax and have fun. Research shows that the increase in these behaviours is due to the prolonged stress of the pandemic and the need for safety and comfort in unprecedented and strange times. However, engaging in these behaviours can have serious consequences when lack of sleep and increased stress level cre creates both you know, physical and mental health issues. And unfortunately, that big important task still needs to get done regardless of how long you put it off or how stressed or sleep deprived you are. So, when considering all the downsides of procrastination, why do so many of us still do it? Well, it turns out there's actually a variety of reasons. Some believe that it comes down to a lack of motivation. And motivation consists of four factors. Firstly, the combination of expectancy and value. In other words, how likely you feel you'll succeed and what you'll gain from succeeding contrasts with impulsiveness and delay. In other words, your natural inclination to put things off and how much time you have to complete the task. So if you're not confident in whatever task you need to do, combined with the fact that you have a long time to still complete the task, you're more likely to procrastinate. However, as the deadline draws closer, the consequences of not completing the task starts to weigh heavier than the fact that you are not confident in what you're supposed to do, and therefore you're more likely to get started. So it's called the temporal motivational theory. But other theories focus more on avoiding negative emotions and our brain's wiring and reward system. In fact, let's see if you can relate to any of these statements. Um, you have a strong drive for success, but also a strong fear of failure. Or maybe you believe your performance says something about your self-worth. Maybe you consider yourself to be a bit of a perfectionist, or you seek social validation and approval. Or maybe you want to be successful, but at the same time you fear that you may let people down and fall short of their expectations. Are those statements relatable to you? 
Well, these are all characteristics of chronic procrastinators. The ironic thing is that procrastination is not about being lazy and it's not necessarily about a lack of time management. In fact, most procrastinators are highly driven and still get the job done, even with the very little time they have left before the deadline. So rather, theorists believe that procrastination occurs because people want to avoid feeling negative emotions related to the statements stated earlier. So it might be because the assignment is hard and it makes us feel dumb, or studying for that big exam is really overwhelming, and therefore we want to avoid feelings of confusion, feeling inadequate, or letting people down. And to avoid those feelings, we need to avoid the task that will potentially cause these feelings. So, you know, we are a species who is focused more on instant gratification rather than delayed gratification. Although we may experience discomfort in the final moments before a task is due, we rarely ever think about the past or the future when procrastinating. We just want to feel better right now. And avoidance brings immediate relief from the distress associated with the task. So when we avoid, our brain's reward system kicks in and rewards us for the instant gratification caused by the avoidance. And right there is how the vicious cycle is kept in place by our own brains. Now, depending on which of the earlier statements you could relate to, you might actually be one of six different types of procrastinators. The first three types have procrastination tendencies that are driven by feelings such as anxiety while the other three are driven by boredom and frustration, also known as a low frustration tolerance. Low frustration tolerance is a belief that we won't be able to cope or put up with the frustration of the mundane, repetitive or boring aspects of a task or situation. Now, the first step to overcoming procrastination is to identify the type of procrastinator you are, as well as the negative emotions you are trying to avoid that causes you to procrastinate. So, let's look at these different procrastinators and play a little finger down challenge while we're at it. How it works is, you put your hand up and put a finger down each time a statement relates to you. If you have two or three fingers down, you most likely fall into the category described. Are you ready? Okay. Put a finger down if you don't start that important or difficult task because deep down you don't believe you'll be able to do it. Put a finger down if you fear you won't succeed. And put a finger down if you feel anxiety at just the thought of failure. If you put fingers down here, you might be our first type of procrastinator, the warrior. And with that I mean worry, not fight warrior. For this type of procrastinator, the negative emotions he or she is trying to avoid is the feeling of failure and all its associated emotions such as guilt and inadequacy. I mean, you can't fail if you never start the task, right? Or at least that's what your brain tells you. And therefore, you never make an attempt to start in the first place. But we all know the reality is that you are in fact guaranteed to fail if you don't start the assignment or never study for the exam. But fear not, we will look at solutions to this problem soon enough. Let's look at our second type of procrastinator. So, put a finger down if you feel that all conditions must be perfect for you to start with something. Put a finger down if not doing something perfectly is the same as failing it completely. And put a finger down if you often tell yourself things like, if I don't get a distinction for this or do really well, then I'm a failure. 
If you put down a lot of fingers here, you might be the procrastinator known as the perfectionist type. For the perfectionist, failure equates to not doing the task perfectly. I'm the kind of person that tells myself that I can only start studying for my exams once my whole house is neat and my books are color-coded and in alphabetical order. So I spend so much time trying to make irrelevant conditions perfect that I never actually get to sitting down and studying until it's too late. Because let's be real, perfect conditions rarely, if ever, exist. So let's look at our third type of procrastinator. Put a finger down if you often commit to too many tasks because you feel bad for saying no. Put a finger down if you have very, very high standards for yourself. And put a finger down if you struggle with prioritizing. If you put down three fingers here, you might fall into the procrastination category of the overdoer. The classic overdoer belief around procrastination is, if I don't accomplish all of this, then I'm not good enough. The fear of not living up to your own impossible standards or the imagined impossible standards of others causes you to take on too much. And when you try to take on the whole world, something is bound to get left behind and the quality of your work will inevitably drop. So how's it going? Are you relating to any of these types of procrastinators? If not, it might be that the driving negative feeling behind your procrastination is not anxiety or fear, but rather boredom or frustration. So let's look at the next one. Put a finger down if you believe that you need excessive stress or pressure to perform at your best. Put a finger down if you believe that stress increases motivation. And put a finger down if you often feel bored when you are not in high-paced, stressful environments. If this sounds more like you, you might fall into the procrastination category of the crisis maker. This type of procrastinator that in order to be motivated to do a task, feel they need the stress or pressure that comes with doing everything at the last minute or else they believe they won't perform at their best. You know those people that say, I do my best work under pressure. I know I've definitely said this a few times. This is driven by the need to avoid feelings of boredom, which these procrastinators see as a negative feeling. However, the problem really lies in the fact that the quality of your work is in fact lower than if you started within a reasonable time frame. And let's be honest, these adrenaline junkies are like a cat with nine lives. Soon enough, those lives run out. Now we only have two types of procrastinators left on our list, so let's look at the fifth type. Put a finger down if you often have grand ideas or daydreams, such as getting 100% for an exam. Put a finger down if, despite these dreams, you often fail to act upon the dreams or ideas or implement steps to achieve it, such as putting in enough hours to actually achieve your desired 100%. And put a finger down if the thought of hard work bores or frustrates you because you hate struggling. These statements might be difficult to admit to, but if you put three fingers down here, you might be classified as the dreamer procrastinator. We all have met or maybe even been the dreamer. Like most people, the dreamer hates feeling frustrated with not having something occur easily or being naturally good at something and therefore tries to avoid these feelings by avoiding the talk altogether. So are you maybe not relating to any of these procrastinators? Maybe the last one will change your mind. You know the drill. Put a finger down if 
You become angry or frustrated at having to do stupid or small tasks given to you by someone else. Put a finger down if you believe that there are more important tasks that are worthwhile. And put a finger down if you believe you should be able to do what you want, when you want. If you put down a lot of fingers here, you might be our last type of procrastinator, the defier. No one likes doing anything they don't like. I mean, it's much more fun to watch Netflix than it is to complete an assignment that counts 2% of your year mark. In fact, how dare the lecturer give you such a large assignment for only a few marks? So, your brain tells you to show them how little you care and how angry you are by delaying the task and doing other tasks you think are more important. However, what these defiers are forgetting is that they'll have to do that task eventually because not doing it will have consequences such as failing the assignment which could ultimately lead to failing the module. So, now that you are literally a pro in terms of knowing all there is to know about procrastination, you probably want to know how to overcome your procrastination tendencies, right? Well, luckily there are many different solutions for you to try out. Research shows that in order to combat the negative emotions you are trying to avoid by procrastinating, you need to become aware of them and start to accept them. Therefore, acknowledge that you are a human with personal failings who makes mistakes and forgive yourself. You know, engage in some self-compassion. But if you're more of a practical person, it may help to break your large, looming tasks into smaller, more doable steps. Have you ever heard the question, how does one eat an elephant? The answer is bite by bite. Breaking a big project down into smaller steps can feel a lot less daunting and helps with motivation. By achieving a small task, you kickstart your adrenaline and endorphins and suddenly you're more motivated to take on the next step and the next until eventually you have completed the large task. You have eaten the elephant. In order to determine which smaller steps to take, you could ask yourself the following four questions regularly when you find yourself procrastinating on a large task. The first one is, how would successful people achieve this goal or task? Or how will I feel if I don't complete the task on time? Or what if I run out of time to complete the task to my own high standards? You could also ask yourself, what is the one thing I can do to make sure I finish on time? And what is the first or the next small thing I need to do? So if you're still not convinced that procrastination is all bad, well, you, you're actually kind of right, in a sense. I mean, each villain has a backstory, and research has shown that although procrastination has devastating negative effects when engaged with on a constant basis, it may also hold benefits when used strategically. This includes giving us an energy boost due to the adrenaline released by the fear of not completing something on time, forcing us to focus due to the small amount of time we have left to complete the task and teaching us to work faster. Procrastination has also been associated with increased creativity because when we actively decide to put off a task for a while, our brain is still trying to find solutions behind the scenes, which leads to more imaginative ideas when it comes to completing the task. However, there's a catch. This type of procrastination has to take place actively instead of simply putting off the task due to anxiety or boredom. In the end, deciding whether to procrastinate comes down to the age-old argument of quality over quantity. 
By procrastinating, you're putting yourself under pressure. And when pressure goes up, your concentration decreases and the quality of your work also goes down. Not to mention the crash that comes after you have submitted your assignment when all that adrenaline leaves your body. I know you know what I'm talking about. So the only time that pressure has no effect on the quality of your work is when you are so used to completing a task that no amount of pressure can affect its quality. Therefore, procrastinating on tasks you know well is not a bad strategy for getting the energy you need to get these tasks done as quickly as possible. This could be tasks where the quality of your work is not as important, such as brainstorming or doing a weekly report for one of your classes or maybe making a summary which isn't for marks. However, when quality matters or it's the first time you're doing something, then procrastination is not a smart choice. So, if you have a big exam or presentation lying ahead which requires time for studying and brainstorming and research, it would be best to plan ahead and avoid procrastination at all costs. This will keep you from feeling under pressure and having your work be negatively affected. In conclusion, although procrastination is not all bad, always be careful of turning a vice into a virtue. If you found this podcast useful and would like more practical tips on overcoming procrastination and using it to your advantage, feel free to check out the The Joy of Procrastination podcast channel by Dean Jackson and Dan Sullivan. Personally, reading the book Eat That Frog, what a title, I know, by Brian Tracy has also helped me a lot when it comes to procrastination. And come on, my fellow procrastinators, You would agree that also reading a self-help book instead of working on that big presentation is technically not procrastinating, right? But on a serious note, at the end of the day, you hold the power of procrastination in your hands and only you can decide whether you'll be using those powers of procrastination for good or for evil. So choose wisely, young grasshopper.